Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtless. This show was heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This show comes out of uh, beautiful Monticello, Maine, up in the Aristocrony uh, area of Maine, potato country. Anyway, our, 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 we have a special guest, but we, uh, before I introduce her, just want to tell you a little bit about Camp Constitution. It is a um, all-volunteer association, among other things. It has a uh, runs a summer camp, a week and a day long summer camp, in Ringe, New Hampshire, in the southwest part of the state. And uh, we also have a book publishing arm. In fact, we did publish uh, or co-published a book by the guest when she calls in. Uh, also, I got some good news that we're going to be, I guess we've already started to be on an online network, which um, our guest will be telling us about. She's involved in that. She's the one that made it happen. And one of the things we just published was uh, or reprinted is the 1979 uh, constitutional procedures hearings that took place on the U.S. Senate Subcommittee on the Constitution, headed by Orrin Hatch. 1,300 pages. We just I just got it from the printer. I haven't got a chance to put it up on our bookstore, but we'll do that soon. Anyway, um, uh, we uh, it was. A little technical difficulty. Let me just uh, see if I can get our guest on here. Anyway, this is uh, what happens with TalkShoe sometimes. Um, we record this on TalkShoe usually a day or so in advance. Anyway, um, the 1,300-page document reprinted for the first time uh, since it was uh, made available. It has hearings of um, testimony of legal uh, experts, um, constitutional scholars, and it has people from both sides of the spectrum. So it's not just those who oppose an Article 5 convention, but those people on both sides of the issue. And it uh, puts to rest the idea that uh, that uh, there were only uh, only uh, well-funded fringe people were against this. Um, oh, I guess our guest is there. Let me introduce um, a woman who's become a good friend of mine. I first uh, heard her speak at Faneuil Hall, I think it was 2008, uh, in Boston, and she did an incredible job uh, giving us the message of freedom. And everybody, uh, Mrs. Jen Coffey, Jen, are you there? Yes, I am. Good. Well, I'm glad you got through. We had a 
about 15 or 20 seconds of dead air, which no one likes to have on their radio show. But, Jen, I want to, um, I mentioned that the show was uh, now being broadcast on an uh, Internet uh, radio. Could you give us some information about that? Because I didn't remember the, the exact name of the um yeah, absolutely. Um, we're very proud to have you joining IPMNation.com. Uh, we are a live radio station, and our, we have uh, two live stations. We have a television station. Um, so, so there's a lot of different content. Now, I, it is unique in that we are... Uh, both of us have been hosts of shows in the past and seen the difficulties that hosts go through trying to get the message out, whatever their message is. And we've designed, I mean, um, Matt Connerton, the owner of ITM Nation, he started this back in 2007, I believe. Um, but at this point where we launched this whole new world of having a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week live station, and now we've expanded to two, and you're joining us. Well, I'm very happy to do that. Uh, Thank you for making that happen. Absolutely happy to. And the the other unique quality about our programming is that it is everything from anybody. We are a true free speech network. It may you may hear something from the far left, you may hear something from the far right. Everyone has a voice if they want to share and get that voice out. And we're yeah, that's very the uh, it, what's interesting. That. That's the philosophy of the owner of WBCQ, the Planet, and uh, he is uh, he was uh, well known in the pirate radio world, um, Alan Weiner, and he. Uh, because believes has a wonderful uh, idea about the, the airwaves should be made available to the people. He holds yeah. a sort of a he's more of a libertarian hyphen conservative, and he has people from uh, mostly conservative, a lot of Christian ministries, but different perspectives on on, uh, on I'm kind airwaves. of a libertarian conservative, and Matt is yeah. kind of a libertarian liberal, so we make a nice mix. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, I just uh, want to talk a little bit about you, Jen, and uh, in your what you've done, what you've accomplished. Um, I met you, as I said earlier, at the Faneuil Hall uh, very briefly. I think I handed you a CD or a DVD. I said, "I got to get a hold of this lady." Actually, your son. Your, I remember. I absolutely. That's right. It was my son. He, I was able to. Quite a few people there. It was um, very, very, very crowded. There was a lot of good vendors there. You were there representing the John Birch Society. And I never got over to really get to go to go over to any of the tables. And your son came up, and he was so wonderful with this big smile on his face. I mean, my dad would really like you to have these. And I thanked him, and he was just just a, adorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he's now he's now eighteen, and he's I'm a little gonna... taller than I am. So. Oh, I know. Bear with me. I'm going through empty nest syndrome. <laughs> So, and he wants to be a gunsmith. Can you believe that? I I tease people. I say I failed him. I I want him to be a social worker or a Peace Corps volunteer. He wants to be a gunsmith. Where did I go wrong? You see? Oh, where did you go right? That's wonderful. You know, make sure <laughs> yeah. our schools are operating properly. Yeah. So, because um, yeah, we, we homeschool, and um, and you know, so it's uh, he's not 
getting that indoctrination uh, five days a week, eight hours a day, and, and then has to come home and what? have that cognitive you know dis- I'm so glad that you guys can do that. Um, but one thing I can say is that for people who can't do that, you know, to, you know, you got both people got to work, you can't, you want to stay home, but you can't. Uh, there are ways to use the public school environment and homeschool at the same time. Well, you know, uh, I think I think we have a common friend, Rich Gerard. Yeah. Manchester, New Hampshire. Well, his son Dominic. He actually, you. Um, I, oh, just so you know, he's actually in the IPM Nation family. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's great. Anyway, Rich, yeah. uh, Rich's son, uh, son Dominic, and two of his children have been coming to camp now. And Rich, uh, on his station, gives us plenty of uh, time to promote Camp Constitution and also. Uh, he runs free ads for us, and uh, he'll be doing a little commercial closer to camp next year, probably maybe in um, April or May of next year, start yep. running it. But his son, yep. Dominic, uh, I, we have a camp blog, and we're looking for people to write articles, and that's sort of challenging since we're all volunteer. Uh, but Dominic, who's now in a public school, I think he was homeschooled for a while, He's, uh, he, I think, and, he, and he's really he's showing leadership. And uh, you know, because they they assault your values the first they get get you the first day you're there. He, there's his values under attack, but he's free, uh, thanks to his uh, his upbringing. He's very rooted, and he's sort of become a leader. But he, he's writing an art wrote an article on um, uh, moral absolutes and uh, relative relative uh, moral relativism. And he, uh, I'm going to post it on the camp blog uh, probably next couple of days. So I'm very oh, excited about it. Yeah, so that's and we re- and I wouldn't mind having Dominic. Uh, I'd like to probably interview, interview him on the show sometime. But anyway, Jen, you um, you're from originally Carver, Massachusetts, Cranberry Country, and yes. uh, we'll just tell people instead of having me do it. Let's tell people tell you a little bit about you. What got you involved in the Liberty Movement? And uh, once you got involved, uh, what did you do in New Hampshire as a state legislature to really make an <laughs> impact on the whole nation? Oh, you're really and, now, and, and we only have about twenty minutes left here. Yeah, okay, so uh, short version. Short version. Um, I was in 2004. I was completely uh, ignorant of political matters or matters of government. I did not put the connection together that what these people do affected my life and the life of my child. Um, and I, at the time, uh, I was married, and my spouse would tell me certain things about um, government, you know, how there was going to be more government intrusion and lessening of our privacy, a lessening of our our constitutional rights. And I basically said, eh, hogwash, <laughs> <laughs> um, and didn't pay much mind to it until I walked into work one day and I was told that I had to now fingerprint in order to clock in and clock out. And I was really kind of freaked out by that because, my spouse had told me that was going to happen six months prior. And I'm like, I work at a hospital. <laughs> right. How did that happen? And then it did. Um, so that kind of started me to looking at things. So short version, I uh, joined the freestateproject.org. Um, if you're not familiar with it, please check it out, freestateproject.org. Um, and decided to pick up my family and move to New Hampshire and started protesting and standing up for my civil liberties and learning 
how valuable it is to be involved in government as a citizen or elected that every voice can make a humongous impact. And in so doing, I ended up running for office. Um, I was elected and served two terms in the House of Representatives. The second term, I was um, very much involved in leadership. I was on the speaker's transition team. But in my tenure, I got to do something that, um, with the help of many, many other people, nothing I could have done alone. Um, but we did something that has not been done, as far as we know, in United States history since, and not since. And what we did was we passed two pro-Second Amendment bills through the House of Representatives, the Senate, and signed into law by a Democratic governor, the first bill removing all bans on all knives. All knives are legal in New Hampshire. Oh, and by the way, I, I do want to mention right. you are the author of a book called um, Knives, Lipstick, and Liberty. Um, and I know Camp Constitution co-published uh, a version of it. So I just want to yes. mention that. So uh, before I, yes. I did want to get that, yes. Yes, and there is a Kindle version of it on Amazon, and it does include information on Camp Constitution. Um, that, that was a project that I was very happy to, um, to have a partnership with, and it's the joy of knowing that because of that book, um, we actually, and because of passing, uh, lifting all the bans on knives and passing knife preemption, unanimously through the House, the Senate, and signed by a Democratic governor. And that's where the uniqueness is, is that both bills were pro-Second Amendment bills. Um, the first one, the Republicans, which I am, uh, were in the minority. And you would think a repeal on knives, switchblades, no less, um, would never pass in a democratically controlled House uh, with the Republican Senate and a Democratic governor. No way, right? Both bills, unanimous consent. I'm absolutely amazed that the amount of work people did. And with the book, it, we were able to raise money for scholarships. So, and that's so important. We, and if, you want to, if you're looking for a way to give back, make a donation to Camp Constitution because there's a lot of really great kids out there um, that have never been out in nature, the trees, and heard the birds that we can show them in New Hampshire. They've well, you know, Jen, uh, we've had campers yeah. come from uh, we've had campers come from New York City, and uh, one particular camper, uh, she's looking at the stars, and she's so, sort of totally amazed by it. In fact, we have a number. Of, we've had a good contingent that comes from Queens or the Upper East yeah. Side. And they're looking at the stars, and they wow! What can you? What are those things? They're just so amazed. Uh, so it's always great. And one of the campers, it was a first-time camper this year. He he posted on one of our YouTube videos that uh, thanks to Camp Constitution, he got an A in a civics project he was involved in. So oh, that's, that's sort of what excellent. makes it, yeah, it's sort of what makes it worthwhile. Is that some you know you don't always know the impact you have. Uh, you know, is, are they getting this information? Are they really taking it to heart? And, and then you hear people like Dominic Gerard and uh, this young man. And I thought, yeah, it's definitely, we know we're having an impact on people. And not just young people, but also adults. There's a lot of adults out there that come to camp and, with, their, with their children. 
I was honored one, um, at one time. I, I went to the camp and I gave a class on the Second Amendment. And there were parents there. And I was very grateful for them telling me thank you for talking to their children about the importance of why their lives matter and why the right to self-defense and to protect oneself from a criminal is the right choice. And it's good coming from a from a, from a woman's perspective too, because um, first off, I think a, 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 a handgun is the great equalizer. Women, most women, tend to be a, not as strong as men, uh, but that doesn't mean that doesn't Do mean they can't the defend themselves. Right? <laughs> What's that? Do you remember the demonstration? Oh yes, I did. Yes, you had to be, one of our campers was about six foot five and built like a yep. Mack truck, and <laughs> yeah. and I am five four. So if right. you can imagine a five foot four woman um, standing next to this six and a half foot tall, very I, this kid looked like he came off of a football team. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did. He was on a football team, high school. Oh, he's no kidding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I called it right. Um, but yeah, I had him like stand next to me and I asked everybody, do you think I can defend myself from him? And they all kind of were like, yeah, I don't think so. And, um, I asked him if he would step away from me and I asked him if he would come at me and I brought my hand up to my head like I was going to dial a phone, 911, and he's in my face and he stopped. Yeah. And I said, okay, let's try that again. And he goes back, and he starts coming at me again. And this time, I yelled, freeze, or I'll shoot. And I made the uh, motion with my hands as a firearm. And he stopped. He stopped so far away from me that he could not reach me from the distance that he was. And right. that was what I was trying to get across to them is <clears throat> it's a serious issue, and mom and dad, have to be involved in training and learning and how important it is to learn safety, but how important it is to keep yourself away from criminals, from evil people. There are evil people in this world. Like it or not, there is no utopia anywhere. That's true. You yeah. have to be prepared to be your own defense because otherwise, and this is where legislature go wrong, and this is why we the people have to be so vocal with our federal representatives and our state representatives have to get them to understand that we have a right to life. We have a right to choose our lives over the lives of a criminal. That criminal's life is not more valuable than our own. And when you deny me the right to self-defense, that's what you're saying. Either criminal or either a criminal or somebody on a psychotropic drug that somehow broke up with his girlfriend or uh, doesn't like your pigmentation and comes into the, your college or comes into your church and decides to just empty the uh, the magazine. And uh, boy, if some of these people were, I mean, can you imagine if you were at one of those colleges or at that church? Yeah, they might have got a few shots off. Well, I tell and, you, as an EMT. I, I mean, I cringe because I can, I can, I worked in the emergency room and I can just imagine what my mind goes to what it's like to have to be that emergency worker in that situation. 
keep it together and provide care. I can't, I can't even imagine the horror that all of those people went through. And here's the thing. Hell, not too long ago, there was a young white male who blew up a federal building. In that federal building, there was a daycare. Yes. You're talking about the Oklahoma bombing, I believe, right? Exactly. Yeah, 19, was it 1995? I think, I, I think so. I think yeah. so. And there were over 100 people that died. It was like 120 some odd people, I think. Or was it more than that? Yeah, it was, that, yeah, it was about, yeah, about that, I think. Yeah. But there was a daycare in there. And this guy got fertilizer and whatever else he needed and threw it in a truck and stuck it in front of the, uh, what was it called, the mural? Federal building? Yes, yeah, that's right. The Murrah Federal Building. He had a a rented vehicle, and he parked it in front of a truck and just simply walked away and got in his car a few blocks away and drove off. And, uh, yeah, not one handgun was used. So you need to, uh, apparently we need to start doing background checks and have a 72-hour waiting period to rent a vehicle. You should have to do a background check and wait 72 hours um, in order to buy fertilizer. No, we didn't go there because we understood as human beings, no matter where you come from, that this was an evil man who did an evil thing and his evil deed took all those lives, those innocent lives. That's right. That's right. Um, That's what uh, happens at the school. They're gun-free zones. They're killing zones. It's like fish in a barrel. What's fa- What's fascinating is that you'll see gun-free zone, and you'll also see drug-free zone. But we know that's a lie because uh, <laughs> these young people come in there. This I'm going a little off topic here, but they come in there and get their nice little psychotropics arranged by their uh, guidance counselor and the school nurse and the drug companies and. I think almost yeah. every one of these persons that have been involved in these these school shootings. I am yes, you're right. Every one of them has been on some kind of a medication, and it, it, her, it's yeah. the number of students that we are medicating these days is horrifying. I'm a mom. My son's 22. He's a senior in college. When he was in kindergarten, um, he was on the school bus. And he asked another student if he could have a piece of gum. The school bus driver insisted that if he used the word gun. Took him off really? The bus. Yes, took him off the bus, called me. Uh, he was suspended from kindergarten. I was to have him evaluated. They believed he had ADHD and needed to be on medication. Thankfully, I had an old school no-nonsense pediatrician who wrote a letter to them asking them where they got their PhDs in medicine and that uh, his patient does not have ADHD and will not be prescribed medication that he does not need. What we have here is an only child who just got put in a room full of 20 kids and toys. What do you think happened? He got a play. I remember, Jen, I have my kindergarten scrapbook, believe it or not. 
And I invented, the, I, I, I invented the smiley face before this guy from Worcester did, but I'd never copyrighted it because <laughs> so, I have one. But I also oh, have a, 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 I know, I'm doing a little uh, picture of my father oh. in his World War II days that he's got a gun and he's firing bullets. And, you know, they look at that, and, oh, that's not set. oh, that's great, you get, a, you get a nice, you get an A on it, right? Today, I'd probably, have, my parents would be arrested if they did something like that today. Oh, there's violence you're promoting. There must be guns in the house. You need to drug your boy down. And look, what, and look what we've become, and look what we've become. We had a young man in New Hampshire who signed up to be a Marine. And during the summer, between his junior and senior year of high school, he went away to boot camp, and he was a Marine. And he came back and finished his senior year of high school, and he wanted to walk in his uniform that he had earned. And they refused to allow wow. it. They told him he could wear it, but he had to cover it with the um, gown. He said that would be disrespecting the uniform. It's, you're out of uniform so, if you do something like that. Travis, but here's, but there's, a, there's a point to this for the reason why I'm telling you this story. They, uh, he being the man that he was, um, just simply complied and wore a regular suit and went and put his, you know, wore the cap and gown and went to graduation. He then went overseas and he came back in a draped casket. Oh, oh my goodness. This young man was denied his right in school to take pride in the uniform he had earned. And to listen to those people talk about what a wonderful student he was and how great he was and such and such and such, I was filled with rage. Wow. I want and I, I hope that they look in the mirror every day and they dread with looking back at them. What, what was it, what, what's his name? name? Do you have his name, Jen? Oh, chemo brain's kicking in, hon. I'm sorry. I cannot remember. Oh, that's okay. And I'm well, you know, so terrible for it. I feel terrible what, what, for it because it, just, it bothered me so. One of the interesting things is uh, when you go to these schools, they're promoting global citizenship. They promote mm-hmm. this idea of a uh, one-world government. And okay. unfortunately, as a result, we become the soldiers uh, and the, we, we have to do most of the dirty work for the UN. So, uh, at, but in school, they teach you to be a, a pacifist. And uh, but you, they need warriors to build this new world order, and where are they going to come from? Are they going to come from mm. us? So in fact, if they really got well, they should be promoting the warrior class. So we have to be the uh, the advocates of this one world system, and be the soldiers to bring this wonderful UN uh, utopia forward. So it's kind of like you know where, where, where are they going to come from? Not going to come to the United States. All these things that we're involved in. Um, again, I'm digressing a little bit. Hey, we only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, about four, three minutes now. I want to uh, quickly talk about the real ID. Now, you played a significant role in uh, getting New Hampshire to say no, and as a result, many, many other states. Um, so, give us some update uh, if you have any update on that on that issue. They're pushing hard again, and we, the people, need to stand up. We need to unite. We need to say no, no to Real ID. There are multiple reasons why. Real ID requires you to put your Social Security number and your home address on the front of your driver's license with a photographic image that's been taken with um, facial recognition technology that will be placed into a database that is accessible by all governmental entities across the United States. That is my short version. 
Um, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to jencoffee.com, J-E-N-N-C-O-F-F-C-Y.com. And, and you have, a, you have updated information. Radio. Uh, I'm sorry? You have updated information on, you do, You write blogs on the site, and so it's updated. Uh, uh, my blog is for, uh, the blogging that I do now is very part, it is my personal journey um, to breast cancer and, and survivorship and, um, and where that journey has taken me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, it, you know, but um, always uh, this contact information on there, if people want more information or want to hear more, we'll have to do this again. Uh, we could do a whole show on Real ID. We had 20 states that passed resolutions saying that they did not want to comply to it. We had seven states initially that passed laws forbidding it. At this point, we have five states, but then they wavered one, so there's four. So the federal government has got their foot on our necks, and they're trying to push really hard. And they'll say, and they're threatening people and saying, you're not going to be able to get on a plane if you don't have a real ID compliant ID. Right. That's that's what by what by 2016, I think that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying now, but you know, this you have to remember this passed in 2005. That's right. We are now, it, we are now ten for ten years. We have fought this off. We cannot continue fighting this off unless more people join us and more states get back on board with you know stopping this compliance. This 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 base this what it creates is a national identification cards paper please society. We do not want That's that. Right. All in the name of fighting terrorism. All in the name of fighting the so-called terrorism. Well, anyway, you've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio on WBCQ The Planet. And uh, Jen Coffey is my guest. And Jen, uh, you can get get a hold of her by jencoffey, C-O-F-F-E-Y dot com dot org. Yep, and you can tune in to ipmnation.com backslash live two at 4 o'clock tomorrow uh, on Saturday afternoon and hear Camp Constitution Radio. That's great. And uh, also your book, Knives, Lipstick, and Liberty, is available on Amazon. And, yeah, uh, yeah. so, uh, again, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, you. You had me on oh. last uh, two, two days ago. Thanks for being on uh, Camp Constitution Radio, and thanks for listening, folks. God bless. Thank you so much for having me on. It was so much fun reminiscing. <laughs> Very good. Bye-bye. Good night now. night. Oh,
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.